strong, your love keeps me going strong. Even though I'm gone, but I'm still getting out. Mama, oh, mama, What's up, everybody? How y'all doing out there? Hopefully everything going good. Like, um, one thing that's been on my mind is like, lately is like, do I want the peace of God or do I want the peace that this world can offer? Mm. And that's, that's, that's what, that's what's been on my mind. And like, how do you, how do you, uh, I would say, work towards having that peace and like the type of things that, um, that I fill my mind with, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. they say like garbage in, garbage out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what's been on my mind on my forefront lately. I see, I feel it, man. Like, hey, you jumped on the track going today. <laughs> it must be on your mind. Yeah. That's what's up. Look, <laughs> man, it's August 16th. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio, man. Two brothers, one Bible. Check us out. Email us any questions, calls. We're going to dive into the topic that OSG brought for us because we know it's here, man, because he hit the track running today. <laughs> Again, email us two brothers, the number two, brothers spelled out, the number one, Bible spelled out, 2020 at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. We have a page. Our ministry is Two Brothers, One Bible. Our podcast is Two Brothers and a Bible. And so you'll see those distinctions. And so this here is our ministry. And one of the things that we want to do, you know, we're urban missionaries. We firmly believe as we start in week one, and men need men to heal. Yeah. And so as we continue to pursue, um, you know, developing and growing, again, we want to be able to reach men in the city that either one are in abusive relationships that are either the receiver, right, or the giver of the abuse. And we want to be able to help those men heal. Men are broken, man. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. We know that we've, we, 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 we see our brothers that are going through it. We've talked to them and they need a place to go. They need, they need healing just as much as everybody else. And so one of our goals is for that. And so as you see our t-shirts that we're going to have out, all that, the proceeds go to our ministry, which is creating space for men to come. That's safe for them to talk about situations, the relationships they're in, the abuse cycles they've seen. Are they repeating that abuse? Um, and how are they treating their women? How are they treating their families? How can they be more present with their families? And just a space where it's okay for men to be men and not have to live up to the stigmas of the world and this 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 westernized masculinity that we often have to face. And so um, that's kind of our ministry. I just want to put it out there. Um, and I know OSG talked about this piece, right? Tell me, tell me more about that, man. Dive into that. Yeah, like so. It is. Um, it was. It was like. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have the peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's that at? That's on um, Romans chapter five, verse one. Uh, yeah. We're in. Yeah. We're in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's just <laughs> right, right, right now. It's just, it was just on my mind. Cause like, like I was just thinking like, 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 cause lately, like I feel I haven't been having peace. Okay. You know, I feel, yeah. I feel anxious. I feel, I get like nervous, real nervous about certain things. 
And I'm like, man, I was, and I'm wondering like, why am I like that? And like, why am I feeling that way? And I know it ain't, it ain't nothing but like, like doubt and then and, and attack from the enemy. And it's like, what am I, what am I feeding myself? Yeah. That, 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 that's feeding that, um, that, that what might as well say lack of faith, so to speak. Yeah. But it's like, and I feel God saying like, let my word dwell in you richly. Mm-hmm. And then also in order to have a renewed mind, you got to put something in your mind to renew it. It just can't renew on its own. You either going to renew your mind with God's word or you're going to renew your mind with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that peace, that peace is key, man. Yeah. No, it is, man. It is. And I think it's interesting because, you know, if you really understand peace, right. And it, and it's, it's the thing that if we're honest with ourselves, that's the thing that we're searching for. Everybody is searching for that small measure of peace, yeah. but very few rarely find. Yeah. And it eluded me forever, you know, and, and even now I'm still being challenged to go deeper and to really find what peace is, right? Because, I mean, it's those thoughts, right? And so you look at the definition, right? It's, it's freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, Right. And so if you, when you hear that, right, it's like, man, I'm not good enough at work. Right. Or, or disquieting. Yeah. Disquieting. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or the oppressive thoughts. Right. And that comes from, man, am I good enough at work? Am I meeting up? Man, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing enough, man. Or the, the natural draw to want to wanna be on top. And I need to be the boss. I need to be the best I can be. Right. Because if I'm not the best I can be mm-hmm. or the best that the world thinks I should be in their eyes and getting the accolades, the awards and all these different things. Right then, then, then I have these oppressive thoughts that I'm not good enough, man. I'm, I'm, I'm this, or man, I can't learn like they learn, or, or you get in situations you start to feel like, man, I can't do that, right? And and it's funny because the person that says the person that says I can and the person that can't are both right. They're both 100 percent right. If you say you can't, you you never will. Mm. If you say you can, then you have the opportunity to go do right. And so that's this. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's so tough because I know even for me, you know, going through playing ball, you know, in school, in college, you know, I, had, I was on Scully and it was just like, it was always trying to get to that next level, right? And then injuries and things happened that kept me from really playing the way I wanted to and how I thought I should. And so those things fed into that oppressive thoughts of, man, everybody else is outperforming. You're not playing on the field, man. What, what are, you, are you not good enough, Right. Are you not as good as they are? But it was like, no, I'm good. I'm just as good as they are. So it was always me trying to prove that, right? Mm-hmm. And even going to the next level with the league, it was like, I want to get there. You know what I mean? And so when I went to all these tryouts, you know, coaches were like looking at me. They're like, you have impressive numbers, but I wasn't getting no looks. I couldn't understand why. And then the coach told me, it was like, you don't have enough film. And I was just like, oh, my God. But it kept feeding this sense of you're not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even in work, it was, you know, I had the savior mentality. And it was the same thing. Like, if I can save these people, you know, the youth or whoever I'm working with, then, I, then everybody will see me as the greatest I can be, right? Mm. And, and there's no peace in that. Because once you get there, what I realized is once you get there, at all those different levels I talked about, when I finally got there, I mean, I was in more chaos than I was right. when I was climbing the ladder. You'd be steady trying to do it. Like, yeah. And, like, when I hear that, like, when I hear you talk like that, it's like you was trying to fill a void with something that only God could fill. Yeah, and like we, we constantly take one success to another success. Since okay, all right, I graduated college, I got a master's, 
Yeah. Um, I started at the bottom of the company. I moved up. Then what else? Then what else? Just keep moving, moving, moving. Keep we keep trying to fill this void. That's why you hear a lot about like like these super these famous people, these people with all this money, and people think that a lot of money brings happiness and brings peace. Actually, it could bring more chaos. Well, yeah. You hear about them overdosing on drugs, abusing their yeah. women, and like it's it's and like Tony Evans said it a while back. He said. In order to address the physical, you must first address the spiritual. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what it is. What's missing in that piece, and you, you, we see it in different the different communities and and people social groups. They're they're looking for peace, but the only thing they they can feel that peace that can really bring true happiness is Jesus. Right. You know, and it, it's funny you say that because I even think about too with um. um when, when I hear the phrase, and I, you know, I, it just resonated with me when I was, you know, especially just playing sports, it didn't really make sense until, you know, in this current time, your talent will take you places your character can't keep you, mm-hmm. right? And that was the biggest thing he told me. He was like, man, this my guy told me his old head knowledge. He was like, man, your character, so your talent will take you places your character can't keep you. And that's what we're talking about. Right. That's the absence of peace. My character was the absence of peace. And so when my talent got me to the stage of being able to perform a tryout. When my talent took me to the corporations to get the jobs. And I got there, but I couldn't maintain that level of intensity, right? Because my character wasn't strong enough to hold the weight of the talent that the level I had risen to. Mm-hmm. And there was no peace. And because there was no peace, it was like you're always trying to do the next thing and you never can actually be there and enjoy it right and stay there because you're it's not enough you're trying to find the next thing right you know what i mean and so yeah that it was crazy man it was definitely crazy definitely crazy so yeah so where do you find that you don't have like what area if you could give me an example of like you you don't see like peace um And I don't like, man, that's a good question. That's going to take some time to think about. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, I think that's key too, right? Because we know we don't have it. Sometimes we identify we don't have peace, but then we can't identify the areas that we don't have peace, right? So it's like, you know, is it just a concept, right? And I think this is part of where the more we read, the more we understand we really start to dive into like ourselves, right? Because we know that our father, God, he rebukes and disciplines us, right? And so mm-hmm. it's in these areas that he wants to, and we think about rebuke and discipline as a harsh thing, but it's more of a loving thing, right? He wants to correct us. Just like we're going to see today, later on, we talk about Romans 5, because that's what chapter we in, you know what I mean? We in that brick, but it's like, God wants to uncover these things. So therefore we can be aware of it. So therefore we can be, more intentional and more specific when we repent right and for those that don't repent it's one of those things where you know what it is because he's uncovered it and you either choose to repent or you choose not to but when you know what it is then it gives you it it makes your prayer life more intentional it makes your prayer life more more focused on you know not necessarily the things you're doing wrong but god help me to live better for you help me to live more intentionally for you help me to be more in tune with your word right because of these things I'm doing, because oh, man, I'm man, I'm lost in lust. I'm lost in idolatry, Father. I am, 
I, I am not living the way you asked me to live. I need to be more with you, Father. Tear me apart, Father. Break my heart. Break me down because we know that we have a heart issue. Those some ask those ask God to break you to break you apart. Well, oh yeah, He'll do it too, man. And, you know I mean? and, and even as you was talking, I was thinking it's like peace. Like I look at it like in my relationship, like like for it's like not knowing who my father is. Yeah. It's like finding peace with that and then trusting God to be my father because I, I think I've, ain't no thing to it, I have. I take my my experience of a father here on earth and I compare it with my experience with my heavenly father. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. not that's not that's not that's not fair. Yeah. And that's not right. Well never and it's, and it's like having peace and and, and even thinking having given myself peace to, to the point to give myself mercy and grace to working on a job that where I I'm new at it and actually being able to learn and not be so hard on myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I mess up or if I'm not getting it right and like having that peace in that. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So so as you even as you was talking, it just it just have it just had me thinking and like I I remember you asked me that day, the other day, you was like, Hey man, you got talk to talk to our father and pray that prayer that you don't want to pray. Man. <laughs> and like and I, and I did, man. man. I told him I was like, I was like, I was like, Father, just do what you gotta do. Like, you know, whatever it takes, then 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 do it. And like, but and even you want to sing a song? Do what you gotta do. Dude. It's my project. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy. Do oh, what they gotta do. It's my Bobby Brown. Bobby. Hey. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. 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 Man, just popped in my head. You said, "Do what you gotta do." And I was like, "Right." Had that dance. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, crazy. Man. You know it's crazy though. When I hear when we talk about this subject, it's Brings me to Psalm 23, right? This is probably mm -hmm. one of the greatest psalms you could ever read in, in time of chaos, in time of uh, confusion. You need peace. Yes. Psalm yes. 23 will sum it up for you. Yes. And, it, and I'm going to read it because this is powerful. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets, he lets, lets, yes, lets, he he lets me lie down in yes. green pastures. Go ahead, go ahead. He leads me beside the still Water. and quiet waters. Yes, yes go He ahead. leads me, right? A good shepherd is going to lead his flock. He, he leads me beside the still, that peace, the quiet waters, the calming waters, yes. right? He refreshes and restores my soul yes. or my life. Yes. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this sunless valley where there's no light, I fear no evil. Why? For you, my father, my Christ, my king, you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. It's, this, is the big, this is the biggest part. Verse five. I love this. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Right? And again, if you think about 
family reunions, you think about picnics, you think about barbecues, you think about family dinners. Man, whenever you sit down at the table and you break bread with each other, man, that's a happy time. Like, you're not worried about nothing else. You go to restaurants and you sit down with you on a date, whether you're with your wife, whether you're with your family, and y'all break bread, y'all focus on food and have a good time and meals. You're not worried about what's around you. God is telling you the same thing. He says, because I am with you, because I am your king, because I am your God, because I am the one that leads you across these still waters. I am going to prepare a table in the midst of your enemies that are trying to attack you. And I invite you to sit down and eat. The key is, are we going to sit down and trust enough to eat and let God take care of the rest? That's what he's telling us. He's telling you, man, like I got a table in the midst of your enemies for you to die, for you to break bread, for you to relax and to replenish and get restored, to rebuild, man, to check out so you don't have to fight because God going to fight for us, man. Hey, he is. Hey, man. Hey, he's powerful. That's, man. that's, man, Psalms 23 is my heart, man. It, 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 tell you, man. Because he say, he makes me lie down. Man. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. But your, ver your version, you read, said he lets me. Yeah, so now I like that one. Yeah, I'm reading from the Amplified version. Because he, he, he lets me, meaning that. He has power for you to lay down or yeah. for you to get up. Yeah. And again, so a lot of this, when you hear these different versions, that what's that, King James? Yeah, well, this is um in New King James version. So you got the New King James, King James. I often read in my own time the NASB, um, New American Standard Bible, and you have the amplified version. Um, a lot of it is a lot of it's context and words and etymology of words. And so um in order to like, sometimes you say, well, what's the difference? Why does it say like? Why does that one say lie? Why does that one say let's? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when they're translating words from the Hebrew, from, you know, Aramaic language, and in Greeks we're doing it too. So it all depends on what word translate. Like if you've ever taken Spanish, right? Some of the things that we say in English don't translate over in Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's why it sounds like for us who learn it as a foreign language, when we go speak it to them, they're like, what is, that doesn't make sense because we're trying to make sense of what they're saying. Right. And vice versa, they have to learn the context of our language when they're trying to speak it to us because some words just don't translate over, right? right? right. And, and the sentence context and how they put it together. So that's what you hear a lot of when you hear these different versions. It just depends on who's translating it and then how they find the word that correlates to that Hebrew, to the Aramaic, to the Greek language mm -hmm. and, and how it fits into the sitting structure, right? Mm -hmm. So just to give you a quick tips on that, so I don't want you a lot of times people will be confused about that. Yeah. Um, but, um and ask those questions. But yeah, so he makes me, he leads me, he restores, he leads me. Yeah. And I, I think about that where he leads me. If he's leading me, meaning I gotta be following. Yeah, yeah. And it's that servant, right? Yeah. But, but again the the thing about it is man, everybody has a choice. Yeah, And as we dive true. in today in Romans 5, you're going to see how Romans 5 gives us the reason and not even the reason. He gives us the fruit, the gold nugget of why Jesus is critical. Mm -hmm. If you ever had questions of why, who, why should I follow Jesus? Why is Jesus important? Well, you know, why can't I just have a relationship with God? I'm more spiritual than I am anything else. Romans mm -hmm. 5 kind of gives you some of that meat. We're going to go over that later. But Romans 5 kind of gives you that gold nugget of why this is the, this is why you need Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but everybody has a choice, right? I lead you. I let you lie down. I make you lie down, mm -hmm. right? All those things is like, but you have to be willing to follow. You've got to be willing to trust. You've got to be willing to say, 
I hear you, Lord, and I trust you and I'm going to follow you. Even when you don't understand it, even when you can't make sense of it, even when it doesn't feel right, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's being obedient yes. to say, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to listen, I'm going to follow, and I'm just going to trust that I'm following you, that you you got my back, that you got me, and you just go. And it's in those moments, man, I'm telling you, you're going to find a lot of fruit. It's, it's again, nobody said the path was ever easy. James 1 talks about times, says, count joy, my brothers, when trials and tribulations fall upon you. James says that, right? So, and Jesus even says, it says, it's, they, they persecuted me, so what makes you think they won't persecute you? So he's telling you that when you follow Jesus, there's going to be trials and tribulations, but because you're following Jesus, you're going to have freedom of the chaos in the mind and in the heart to be free from what's going on around you in the physical. Mm. That's how the disciples were able to be in jail. They were completely free and they weren't lacking of anything. It's how Peter was able oh, to, yeah, but even how Peter was able to ask, I need to be crucified upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified the way my king was. That's peace. You, you That's peace. Mm. Right? It's, it's even how when they were in jail and again, they didn't just get locked up like it is today where somebody takes you, they lock you up and, and, and they put you in a, in a holding cell. They got flogged with chains, with with talons on the end of the chains, ch takes out chunks of skin out your back. They were flogged, beaten, starved, kicked in the head, hit with batons and bats in the head. I mean, they, they were brutalized. And then they had they had the 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 intestinal fortitude to go into that jail, beaten, starved, and brutalized, and pray. And then the jail cracked wide open. You know what? That when you say that, that reminds me of when Paul said, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Is it because he was content? He knew what it was like to have me. He knew what it was like to have Lou. He yeah. knew what it was like to starve, to be starve, yeah. near death. Yeah. But he said, but through Christ, he was able to have the strength to to write those letters. I could just imagine writing those letters in anguish and in pain and yeah. and able to keep that that level head. Like, man, that man. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And if and if and if he can do it, man. And the same spirit that dwelt in him dwell in us, and we can do it as well. Yeah. So, as we kind of shift a little bit, I want to talk more about, I know what's been out here lately, is like, you see it in the Bible where it talks about Lord, the King, Jesus is our King. You hear people um, talking about King and kingship. And so, just looking at some of the differences, and the reason why I call Christ King, right, is to understand even what a king is, right? And then we know that in Zechariah 14, 16, it says, you know, to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, right? Um, and so sometimes we ask, like, well, what, what's a king, right? What, what's a king? And there's a couple definitions that you can look at. Um, but I think the one that kind of stands out to me really is, I'm in the Merriam-Webster, um, from the definition of one, a male monarch of a major territorial unit, right? One whose position is hereditary and who rules for life. Mm. One whose position is hereditary. Hereditary. It means you have to be passed down bloodline lineage. Okay. It's, it's hereditary, okay. right? I'll follow you now. So one whose position is hereditary, like King of England, Egypt, Rome, all those different places. It was the bloodline, right? The yeah. firstborn son. Kind of like Queen Elizabeth and son and yeah yeah them. and even back then it was the firstborn son gets yeah. they get they it's the birthright to be heir to the throne right? Right, right right and so rules for life 
Now, the interesting thing about that, that's the definition. But what king have you seen in the time of history and today that has ruled for life? Life. That means that's they right. die. They die. Nero, look at the Roman kings, Nimrod, look at the Egyptian kings. Tut was young and they died. The flood, they died. And they're no longer ruling. So when we see Jesus as king, right, what we know is that he also died, but he also rose again. And so he's alive. And so God, because he even says in the Bible, I'm a father of the living. I'm the father of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. I'm the father of the living. God is not the father of the dead. So if God is the father of the living, then that means that Jesus went to the grave. And that means he rose again, which they already acknowledged in history that this man died in the flesh. And then they came three days later, they couldn't find him. He's no longer there in history. They acknowledge that. Archaeologists, everybody, they acknowledge that this man existed. So he's no longer there. That means he's alive. That means he's a king because he reigns for Amen. life. Amen. And he's not dead. Yeah. And then when he comes back, but he's seated the right hand of the Father. So when he comes back, we'll see that. But when I hear that, and I think about what a king is, right? And you, you think about that piece of it, right? And then you even think about uh, kingsmanship, right? Is another piece, right? And so Jesus even said that we are heirs to the throne. I love that. We're heirs to the throne. So if we know that it's hereditary, then how can I be heir to the throne but by way of adoption? Through the king. Through the king, right? And so we, because we've been adopted, we are now in the family of Christ. Because remember, when, when, we, when we get baptized, we become one flesh, right? We become one with Christ. When, when he dies, when he died for us on the cross, he gave us the Holy Spirit. So because we believe in him, because we say, Jesus, I believe in you, we now are heirs to the throne. Mm. In the kingdom of heaven, we have right relationship with God. For life. For life, right? But we've got to be, to be able to get there, first of all, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when I think of, so then I also think about what kingship is, right? The, the reason or the purpose of kingship, right? And so you think about, when I heard this, um, I was in Jamaica one time, and then when I went to South Africa on a trip, um, and we were just talking about what what the, what really like kingsmanship really is, right? And like what it's about, and it, it's it's true um, definition of kingsmanship, right? And the guy was telling me he's like, man, kingsmanship is literally about, and I even heard it on David Robinson has a, has a podcast about leadership, and it's really good. But he's talking about how the captain of the ship goes down with the ship, right? He says, yeah, I'm the last, because they're basically saying I'm the last one on the ship. I'll make sure everybody else gets off the ship first to make sure they're safe, and I go down with my ship, right? Captain goes down with the ship because he's saying that if the boat's sinking, I need to make sure everybody that's alive is off this boat, right? So I can't bail out first and make sure that everybody's off the boat. And so when I hear that, and I think about what they told me in Africa and in even in Jamaica, they were saying, like, kingsmanship is, is, is when you put everybody else first above your own needs and you take care of your family, your village, your countrymen, and you do for them above you, right? You sacrifice everything above yourself to make sure that they're okay, to make sure that they're safe, to make sure that they're healthy, to make sure they have a good way to school. So if you need you know, to work, whatever, you do what you have to do so that your family can do what they want to do, mm. right? And so what he was saying is if Jesus is king who showed us true kingsmanship and we look at the life of what he did he sacrificed everything for us this man came off the throne to walk in the flesh as us 
to see what it was like to be human. He walked in our flesh and walked with the trials and tribulations where he was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness, just as man was. He was baptized just as man. He came down and lived as us because True kingsmanship means I need to live for my people. I need to do everything I can for them. But until that, I need to understand what it is that they are doing. And then on top of that, he not only lived as us, had the same desires, the same temptations as us. Now, the joy is that he never fell. He was sinless. But this man was the last man on the ship. The captain went down with the ship. He died on the cross for everybody's sins. He makes sure that he is the last one on the boat and that everybody on that boat that's alive has a way off the boat to safety. Mm. He went to the cross. Mm. The last, the captain goes down with the ship and he went to the cross to make sure that we had a pathway to God, that we had an opportunity to have a relationship with God. He made sure that as that boat was sinking, he went through every corridor, every cabin, every crook, every nook, every cranny. He said, I'm going to make sure that everybody is off this boat and has an opportunity to go to freedom. Go ahead. And he died on the cross to make sure that the past, the present, and then the future for them to come so he comes back, that they all have a way off. So this boat's constantly sinking. The boat that we're on, America, westernized culture, everything that we're doing, this boat's going down. Mm. We saw it in the east, all the all, all the all the emperors and, and the kingdoms of the east. And you see it in Daniel where he gives the, the, the prophecy of the of the of the statue of the four kingdoms and everything falls and crumbled and the feet were made of iron and clay and it crumbled and all this prophecy shows that these things are going to come to the end. Nebuchadnezzar was one of them, right? We saw that in his dream and then he said, you'll be eating like a beast in the field. And what he do? He turned into a lion. He was eating, eating like grass, like a beast for seven, seven years almost. And he stood up as a man and died. Everybody that crumbled, Roman empire was thought to be the greatest empire, got divided and died. And that's a piece of more prophecy. We ain't going to that right now. Right, right, right. I'm but, still up here like, okay, but, okay. Let's, let's. But you see that it, it crumbled. Yeah. It crumbled. Christ went to the cross as the captain or the king who's demonstrating kingsmanship to make sure that everybody else, no matter what we do, no matter how far off the map we go, no matter how far off the beaten path that we go, no matter how many idols we have, how many iPhones, how many things we cherish on Instagram, how many people we decide to go with, all these other pathways and demigods and other gods we look at, God said, I'm going to die for you because I know what you're going to go through. I know you're going to And so as your king, showing kingmanship, as your captain, I'm going to go down with the ship. Man. That's kingsmanship. Now imagine if every man and woman and man lived that way with their family. Starting with their family. Starting with their family. They don't have families with your neighbors. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Right? That's the great commandment. If you show kingmanship in that, the, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, right? Prime That's kingsmanship. Example. Prime example. Yeah. Yeah. The Samaritans were thought to be they're the lowest of low. Yeah, yeah. But this is the evidence the two people walk by and the good Samaritan comes by and he does what? He lays them up in the end. Puts him, on, puts him on his donkey, walks him to the inn. And leave the tab open. Leave the tab open. Whatever he paid for or take, he'll come back and pay for it. He said, well, do what you need to do to take care of this man. When I come back, I'll pay for it. Never asked for a dime back. Wasn't worried about how much was going to be spent. Wasn't saying, hey, just only spend 100 No, he said, whatever, whatever you need to do to take care of this man, when I come back my way, I'll, I'll pay for it. it. That's kingsmanship. Not trying to hold on to our money, not trying to maximize our growth, not trying to maximize our bottom dollar to make sure that I got fifty billion trillion dollars in the bank so that for twelve generations are set, set you know, settled. The thing about it is you set up all this money for twelve generations and you don't even know who you're gonna be around for twelve generations. But see, he wasn't worried about money. It was more about it was more about it was more about that individual finding what love is and peace is in that moment than, it, than he did worry about money. 
not worried how much it costs. I've been blessed. I give. Why am I worried about how much it's going to cost? Right? Now, we're not saying don't put money aside for your family and make sure that they're safe and ready to go, but you got to understand that everything that we have today comes from God. And so if, 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 if it is a struggle for you to give unselfishly, then like we said, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, which is your heart issue. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we can talk, man. We can talk, man. We it's been real, man, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You know, just you know, we in Cincinnati, and uh, man, it just it, it grieves my heart because Jeez. I mean, there was 18 people shot. Yeah, last I was just night. about to say that. Like, yeah, four and all within the same time frame, from 12 to like 1:30 a.m. There were four different shootings in four different locations. 18 people shot, four or five people dead, and it's, I just see and hear the pain and the lack of peace in our city and, and it hurts. And that's exactly why, again, why we want our ministry to be about men because they don't have a place to go. No. I didn't have a place to go when I was in that same spot, when I was out there doing the same things in the streets, acting crazy, doing wild because I wasn't at peace. There was no place to go. Right. And so you got it. I just, it's been in my heart, man. And God's really put in my heart. And so that's why I said our ministry is two brothers, one Bible. That's our ministry. The podcast that we're doing here is Two Brothers and a Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I know it's been kind of crazy, kind of deep. So we want to get into the encouraging word today, the encouraging, encouraging corner. So OSG, bring us in, man. What's the encouraging word or encouraging uh, thing you got for us today, man? Um, it, was a, it was a scripture, honestly. All right. And all right, all right, all right. I'm trying to... You, 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 uh, Trying to find it. Trying to find my way. Let's see. I can't sing, y'all. Don't, don't get I'm just, you know, but I, <laughs> hey, I think I can. No, I don't even think I can. I know I can't. But you're going to hear me sing anyway. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just be going in. I just be going in, man. I just be going in. Looking through the pages. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking through this. Yeah. I got my little dagger with me. You know, the big Bible you call a sword. The little one you call a dagger. Dagger. Yeah, so was that uh the golden chop? Eddie Murphy? Oh, did, 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 you give did, me the knife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My brother Nuse. Yeah. My dear brother Nuse. Nuse. Yeah. Hey, that was that was funny, man. He was like, You out here hanging behind out, got these snake hair going on. You out from behind there, like, hey, he's straight blasted. Looking like Methuselah. Like, Oh man! Hey, oh. but but nah, this is oh, this. It was on Second Corinthians five twenty one. Mm-hmm. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Man, that's good, man. Yeah, that's good word. You know, and and and, and I want to add to that by saying, man, you don't have to be perfect. God, that's the joy of it. Is that because he walked. As us, he knows we're not going to be perfect because of the sin of man in the mm-hmm. beginning, in, in Adam, right? And so he knows we're not perfect. He knows we'll never be perfect. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ask us to. He's not requiring us to. But all he's saying is, it's just come to me. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Just like when you're lost, you run to your father or your mother. When you're lost, you run to the safe person that you know. Yes. And it's just like, it's the same thing. The prodigal son, the same way, man. And we were talking about the other day, like, why in the world... 
would 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 the father save the son just to give him back to the to the pigsty? Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense, right? So yeah. God's not doing something. He's not doing anything to us just to turn us back to that. He wants nothing but freedom for us. God, from the very beginning, has done nothing but love us. But just as a judge who sits on the bench and has to be just, he has to abide by the rules and regulations that he set forth because that makes him just. But his love for us is vast. And the Bible tells a story of how God has done nothing but try to redeem us back to him. Mm -hmm. Giving us warnings, giving us opportunities, giving us laws, giving us these things to help unmask and unveil things to us, man. We see that, we see that um, picture with Israel. Yeah. How they used to go in this vicious circle. Like they yeah, they beg for a king, then they get a king, then they turn to foreign gods, then they then they go through a yeah. period of slavery, and then yeah. they go through yeah. they worship and pray to God, and God sends them a prophet to bring them back, and he, he keep doing that. Keep doing it, his love and his that the Bible is a book of love, mercy, man. and grace. Book of love, but and he, even Revelation is a book of love, and it's a book of of of. of of understanding and also a book of redemption. He's trying to give you, it's like that last, like, hey, yeah. here's redemption. He's going to tell you the truth. Yeah, he's going to tell you. There is his wrath. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a study of eschatology, but in that, it's, it's Revelation is a book of just that. It's it's to reveal to you, like, man, I love you. I want you. Here's an opportunity. You have to understand. Let me, let me show you these prophecies. Let me show you these things. But I want you to be with me. I want you with me because you are my children. I created you to be with me. I want that for you. It's like, this is my chance. This is love. I'm giving you this opportunity. But we're so busy loving our own way that we lose sight of how God is loving us and the things he's asking us to do to receive that love, right? We get lost in the Instagrams, the iPhones. We get lost in the YouTubes. Everything has to do with I, you, me, my. It's like back in English class, right? Yeah. It's, it's self-absorbed, right? Yeah. Because it's all about me, 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 me. Instant gratification. Me, me, me. I want this. I want that. I want that. I want this now. I want this. If I don't have a car, I don't have this. And if, if I don't have the flash car, then I'm not considered successful. If I don't have. Yeah. If I if, if I'm not like and I I've, I heard I had a a friend a female friend of mine say at forty I should be like this by who who standard who, who said that at forty I just want to be free like who said that who Man. said she's like. Um, my friends, they're traveling, they're doing this. Okay, they're doing yeah. that. Like, yeah. like we, we, we let, like, television, it's going to tell you a vision. Yeah, <laughs> tell you their vision. Their vision, right. right. Whatever they well, want. You should be retired at this age. You should have this much money saved. You should wear this. You should drive this. Yeah. And if you don't do these things, then you're not successful. It's crazy, man. So let's dive into this book, man. We got a little bit of time. I don't know. We went on for long, but we, where we at again? We're in the 45th break, which is Romans. Or full fifth. fifth. And the reason why we say brick is because we know Christ is the chief cornerstone. Chief. So chief cornerstone is a brick. And also the Romans, there's 66 books in the Bible and we call them, I name them by bricks. So Romans is the 45th book. So you will hear us say 45th brick. And that's where we at. The 45th brick, Romans chapter, chapter five. five, man. Again, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear your comments. Hit us up, email us, two brothers. One Bible at gmail twenty twenty at gmail dot com. That's two brothers. The number two brothers spelled out. Number one Bible spelled out. Twenty twenty at gmail dot com. Hit us up. We want to know. Hit us on the Facebook page. We got videos we're putting up there. Starting to do more stuff again, and we'll have some links. But again, this is our ministry. We love it, and we just want to hear from y'all. We want to hear stories from y'all. We want to hear transformation, whatever the case is. Questions you might have, we want to hear those too. So email us, please. Email us. Um, so let's get into Romans real quick. 
again, we were on four. Again, I, I like Romans, especially chapter five, because it gives us this understanding uh, of why Christ is so important. And for those that have questions, I just encourage you to read all of Romans, but then focus on, Rome, you know, definitely read Romans five. Um, and so something that stood out to me was, was verse two. It says, through him, we also have access. Through Christ, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope in the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. That just really it hit me as, as we start to see how five just kind of goes through and it tells us in, in verse, you know, verse six, um, verse six, it says, why we were still helpless, why we were powerless to provide for our own salvation at the right time. Didn't say that at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Mm. And remember what we said before, if God is just, he said the wages of sin equals what? Yeah. Death. Yeah. So because Adam sinned in the beginning, guess what? We are all considered who? Ungodly. Ungodly, yes. And we so and we we destined to death. So I'm powerless for my own salvation. I can't do anything about it. Mm. But there is a man that decided to be the captain of the ship and said, I'm gonna give you away. And so I need you to get out and I'll stay behind. It's good. I need to make sure everybody's out. You go ahead. Do not wait for me. Hey. And at the right time, it says he died as a substitute for the ungodly man. Mm. Man. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. What you got, man? What you got? Because I'll go on there. And then go down to eight. Like this this whole chapter five is just, we might as well just highlight the whole chapter. Oh, no, it's good, man. Right. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It just ties it right up to, to six. Yeah. And, and like, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If he, like, if he he loved us when we was in the thick of our sin, yeah. he loved us. Yeah. So imagine that he loved us just the same as now that we walking with Christ. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it reminds me that like when one returns to the flock, there is a great celebration for that one yeah. that comes back. Great celebration. The prodigal son, for yeah. example, right? Great celebration. Great celebration. And it's like, like, man, he died, he did that knowing, like, just just knowing, man, like, and we I, I just think about my life, man, the stuff I did, man. And 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 like I I knew I knew of God, about God, but but I still went like like just sped in his face. Yeah. With my life, man. Yeah. And, and he just oh, it just it probably just grieved me. Because yeah. a father looks at his son and he yeah. he said, "My son, you, yeah. you you've been through so much pain. Yeah. Come to me." Yeah. And then and I kept running from yeah. him. And he knows every he sees everything. And even if he sees everything that we do, even in private, man, he still chooses to love us. Yeah, he still chose that. Yeah, because you can't hide from God. Uh, ain't no green screen. Uh, ain't, ain't, no, ain't, ain't no cloak. Ain't oh. no. Ain't no blackboard. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing you can do to hide from God. If you think you're doing something in private, man, God's like, it, it, it grieves him. And I think that as I start to really start to, as I start to, to, to really get a hold of that concept, yeah. 
it started, that's when it really started changing my life, right? I started like, man, I can't hide. But then, I, then I started to understand more of how he feels as a father. Me having kids, when my kids do wrong, I'm not mad at them. I'm grieved, right? There's a difference. Like, I'm not mad. Like, I'm frustrated because I know they can bring pain, and I don't want them to have to experience that pain. God is doing the same thing with us. I don't want you to experience that pain. So then I got to love you into the right way, right? And it goes down to verse 10 where it says, For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Why we were his enemies. How many times do you reconcile your enemies while you were still enemies? Right? We were still enemies to God and he still decided to reconcile us through his son, Christ, through his son, Christ. Right? It is much more certain having been reconciled that we will be saved from the consequences of sin. And what's the consequence of sin? Death. Death. By his life that is we will be saved because Christ lives today. Again, we told it, he's still alive. Mm -hmm. So he's king who reigns for life. A king that reigns for life can't be dead because you can't rule from the king, from the grave. I, I just don't, I'm not listening to nobody uh, from the grave. You, no. If you die and you the king and yeah. you tell and somebody says, hey, the king said, do that. I said, where the king at? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Right? Which is sometimes what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. We do that often. I know. It's crazy. We can go all day, but look, we're going we gonna, to we gonna sum this up real quick. So verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, right, or Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all people, no one being able to stop it or escape its power. We could, because sin came in through Adam, we could not escape it. We could not stop it, right? Because it came in through one man. Mm -hmm. So because they all sinned, sin was committed in the world before the law. So before the law came, the Ten Commandments, there was sin, so it had no way to be appointed. So you couldn't say that what I was, we couldn't assign what was wrong because there was no law to judge it by. Right? Mm -hmm. And so before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone when there is no law against it. Yet death ruled over mankind from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who had not sinned as Adam did. Adam is a type of him, Christ, who was to come. But in reverse, Adam brought destruction and Christ brought salvation. Mm. That's a nutshell right there. Right. And so again, Adam brought destruction. Christ brought salvation. And I want to I want to leave it at this in verse 19. Mm. It says all men. No, no, no. Verse 19. I'm sorry. Verse 19. Romans 5 verse 19. For just as through one man's disobedience. Adams, his failure to hear his carelessness, the many were made sinners. So through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous and acceptable to God and brought into right standing with him. But the law came to increase and expand the awareness of trespass by defining it and unmasking sin. So when Moses brought the law, when God gave Moses the law, mm -hmm. think about all the time that had passed. We did the, we did the time frame. The Ten Commandments. Yeah, but we think about from Genesis all the way through everything that happened up until Moses, right? So you had you had Noah, you had Solomon and Gomorrah, mm -hmm. you had the Tower of Babel, you, or you had Cain and Abel go back, right? So you had Adam, Cain and Abel, Noah, you had Tower of Babel, uh, Solomon and Gomorrah, all these different things that line up in Genesis before it's happened. So God had been seeing what was going on. And he said, I'm going to give an assignment to the to the sin that is happening in the world. So therefore, when you break that sin, just like today, if you break the law, you know you did bad, right? How do I know I'm doing bad? Because there's a law. 
Mm. If there's no law, do I don't do that? Nope. No. If, if, if there's no law that says, you know, don't slap your mama, right? Mm -hmm. It's a universal law, right? Which God says, right, which is honor your father, your mother, mother and your father, right? Mm -hmm. But if there's no law and you do it, how, who's telling you that you did wrong? Mm -hmm. See, back then it was a moral thing. Why? You know, we believe that God tells us this, this, and that, but there was no law there. So people that were ungodly weren't paying attention to it because they couldn't see it because there was no law to judge it by. Mm -hmm. There was no law assigned to that sin. So God gave law assigned to the sins, right? Mm -hmm. He assigned sin to the law, and that's where we see that. So it says, by defining it and unmasking sin, but where sin increased, this is the joy of it, where sin increased, God's remarkable, gracious gift of grace, his unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased all the more so that as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, which brings eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is why we need Jesus. Yes. Because one man brought death and chaos. And because God is just, the ways of sin is death. And so when you choose not, so the law doesn't mean that we're just, but when you choose not to pay attention to the law, then it doesn't unmask the sin in your own life to therefore lead you to repentance of the things that you were doing. So therefore you're not careless and can't see your own, own faults. But the law allows us to see who we are. It unveils us, it unmasks, it uncovers us to the world. Like, man, you are messing up. And because of that, God says, now that you see it, I need you to repent for it. And when you repent for it, you're going to have eternal life. You have a doorway. Jesus went to hell because his flesh had stepped in and took the assignment of all of sin. He became all of sin according to the Ten Commandments. And he took on all of sin from the past, the present, and the future. So he went to hell. And because he's a builder, he didn't go to hell and just stay there. And so he went to hell and he built a doorway that was giving us a pathway to righteousness with God, to right relationship with God. He built a doorway to life. And then so because the flesh, according to God's law, has to go where? Death. death. But in death, if you believe in Jesus, who was blameless, who was sinless, was able to rise again in the flesh and be alive today because death couldn't hold him because he didn't have sin. Death won't hold us. And so when we go down there, death can hold our flesh, but death will not be able to hold Jesus who was in us. And so we will be resurrected again in Jesus to life in right relationship with God. But if you don't believe... If you don't understand why Jesus is important, when you go down to hell, you're not going to see that doorway and you won't be able to unlock it. And what happens when you can't lock the doorway? You get stuck. That's why Jesus is important, man. Because he's a builder. I'm a carpenter. He's a builder. That man's a, he's calling Bob the builder. That man's a builder, right? So, look, we, we love it. I know, you know, today's been, it's just these past couple just months, even in COVID, you know, just all this stuff going on. We're just seeing in our city, the chaos in the political world, the chaos in your neighborhoods, the chaos in your cities, the chaos in our country, the chaos overseas. Um, it's just a lot going on, man. If you want to understand prophecy, Daniel's a really good book to read um, as it relates to Revelation. Uh, of course, Genesis is always a great place. Um, it gives a good historical timeline. But we just got to understand this, that no matter what happens, there is nothing that will surprise God. No matter who gets in the presidency, no matter who stays in there, no matter who comes next, no matter who who causes wars or with allies, it doesn't matter. Nothing is going to take God by surprise. And guess what? He's already went before us. And he already created a pathway for us to be free and to have peace. It's up to us to make sure that we are accepting that and leaning in that and going towards it. Because if we don't, we will get lost into the world that we are in. Um, 
And you see it now with the politics, the hate, with the racial injustice. And those are great things to fight, those things that we need to fight, things that we need to tackle, we need to address systemic issues. But you can't get lost in it because there's no peace in it. Because every time you do it, your definition of justice does not fit my definition of justice. And what we're seeing now is what I'm screaming for justice, somebody else doesn't fit it. And whoever's in the majority power, if they feel like their definition of justice is better than yours, and guess what? You're always going to have conflict. Mm -hmm. And if you get lost in that, you will become bitter and you will die and you will go. You will seek something else because you will never be at peace. So the key is I want y'all to be at peace, man. And Jesus is that peace. You can fight. You can advocate. You can do all these things. But you got to have him as your peace because when it gets hard, when it gets tough, when the chips are down, when you're being faced with some heavy iniquities, when you're being faced with being beaten or tear gassed or being thrown in jail for the things that you believe in, if you don't have peace, man, you will not be able to press on. We saw that with the march on Selma. We saw that with all those individuals that were there, right? And it's, 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 it's being able to do that. That's going to be able to lead us to freedom. The reason that we stay there, the reason they kept coming back on that bridge is because they knew that there was peace in the fight through Jesus Christ. And they stayed there. White, black, and indifferent. It wasn't just black people on that bridge. It was a call to all people who believed in, in justice, all people who believed that there should be justice, biblical and, 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 and societal. And they came together and they marched on the bridge. If you want to see change, we all got to come together. We got to stop fighting each other. We got to stop killing each other. Then we got to stop looking at each other like as color. And we got to stop. We got to start seeing people for who they are, which is brothers and sisters in Christ. And we got to come together. And we got to march because when the people come together, when the people band together, the people have the power. And when the people have the power, the powers up top, the, the powers that be, they crumble. Right. Rome is a perfect example. All the games they did. If you didn't have the people behind you, man, that's anarchy. And if you are a king with no people, then you ain't a king at all. You have a king with no kingdom. Mm. Man, woo! On that, on that note, hey, we build on the chief cornerstone. It's restoration time. Let's go. Peace. Peace, man. Love y'all. Real quick, when you see us do our symbols, it's the it's the sign language sign for I love you. And yeah. that means you gotta love yourself in order to love others. So you see one point towards us and one point towards the out. That means I love myself in order to love others, right? Yeah. So peace, man. Love y'all.